the song Vice Versus, um, it's about the polarity of life, the, the idea that even while we're breathing air in, living, we are, you know, every breath brings us closer to the grave. And not to say that in some sort of a doomsday um, opinion, but the idea that that should inspire us to live. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. For the last 20 years or so of my life, JesusFreakHideout.com has been my go-to source for Christian music reviews, release dates, and much more. And this week on the show, we have the founder of that website joining us. His name is John DiBiazzi. He's a big fan of Switchfoot, a big fan of great art, and I'm very excited for you all to hear our chat with John. Before we do that, we are running our very first contest. This is episode 10 of the show, and I thought it'd be fun to do something fun every 10 episodes. So here is how it works. All you have to do is create a social media post encouraging people to check out Switchfoot Song Stories. Make it creative, include some links of where they can find the show. You can mention whatever you want about the podcast, but we're just trying to get the word out to more people. So after you do that, send me a screenshot either through the Daily John Foreman Twitter account or the Switchfoot Song Stories account on Instagram, and you will be entered into the contest for a chance to win a Switchfoot shirt of your choice from their store. And now here is our conversation with John DiBiase. And the song we're talking about today is Vice Versus. All right, welcome to the show, John DiBiase. Welcome to Switch with Song Stories. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me, man. I guess I would call Toby Mac the original Jesus freak, but you're not far behind him, right? <laughs> uh, I'm like a year behind. <laughs> yes. So creating uh, JesusFreakHideout.com in 1996, I saw it was just the, the 26th birthday um, yeah, recently, yeah. which is really I was cool. two years old when I started it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. It's still going strong. I would, I would imagine that most people listening to this podcast know what that site is, but just in case there's somebody out there that doesn't, uh, tell us what JFH is all about. Sure, man. Um, yeah, I I started it out of uh, a deep love for Christian music, like you know, like the, basically the music of the '90s, um, especially like the you know the Switchfoots, the Audio Adrenalines, the the um, Bleach, Skillet, uh, PFR, Dakota Motor Company. You know, I the first band I ever even got into, I think, was was Petra and probably Carmen. And then, then I graduated to like uh, Newsboys, Audio A, DC Talk, like bands like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I just had like a, a huge passion for it, and I wanted to share it with with people and help connect people to um, information and about their you know the possible new artists for them to like or whatever new releases. And um, yeah, so I've been for <laughs> more than half my life now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, although there's been a lot of growing pains with Christian music, especially in recent years, like it's just changed so much. 
um, we're still here and we're still covering it. It's very cool. I love how it's, you know, not just, uh, you know, music reviews. I mean, there's so much on there, whether it's podcasts or features or, you know, photographs, yeah. like everything. I mean, it's, it's your one-stop shop for everything. If you like Christian music and, um, I've always found the site to be very fair in their reviews, even if there was like an album that I liked maybe more than the reviewer, it's always been, mm-hmm. um, very fair and good reasoning for what they say in the reviews. Oh, and, cool. Um, yeah, that's always a, a goal of ours. Like we, yeah. we don't want to just be like, this is bad or this is good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't help anybody for us to be like, everything is awesome or everything is bad either. You know, it's kind of, yeah. you got to, gotta, you know, why do you like it? Why don't you like it? Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about the site, and this brings you right into the switch for discussion um, at, at the end of every year, the, the JFH staff gives their top tens, uh, favorite top mm-hmm. 10 songs, favorite top 10 albums. I went back and pulled up your personal picks over the years when it comes to Switchfoot. This shows how much you love and, and respect the guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. For for example, in 2021, you had Switchfoot's Interra Bang, number one. Um, yeah. 2019, you had Switchfoot's Native Tongue, number one. A <laughs> uh, few years before that, what's the deal? Where the Light Shines Through, number two. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was number one that year? Obviously, really uh, Paper Routes, Real Emotion, which you can't go wrong with that Ooh. one. That's an amazing album yeah. right there. Uh, a few years before that, you had the Fading West, Edge of the Earth uh, combo oh, as number one. So um, good. You had Switchfoot's Vice Versus, number one. You had Hello, Hur- Hello Hurricane, you had number three in 2009. You had Nothing is Sound, number three. And then you had Beautiful Letdown, number one. So lots of number ones, basically yeah, all man. of them in the top three. Um, Funny story about Vice Versus that year. We did a feature, I think, I think for our 25th anniversary of the site last year where like we were as a staff trying to pick I think it was our favorite or like the the number one album each year that the site had existed from 96 to um 2021 and I fought tooth and nail for vice versus to win for I think it was 2011 right and I'm like guys tell you what you guys can have whatever you want for these later years like in the last like decade or whatever 15 years so i'm like just give me vice versus for 2011 <laughs> i'm like I, I need that one i has to win for that year and they they kind of like you know they made us think about it a little bit but i'm like listen i'll try not to get involved in your picks for the other years but give me please <laughs> give me vice versus nice um <laughs> and as far as last year i mean i liked intero bang but i i just for me i actually wrestled over like i don't know what to make number one um i don't think it it's definitely not my favorite switchfoot record and um, I think if there were just a couple other stronger records, at least for my tastes last year, I don't think in Terabang would have been number one. Um, but that's just my two cents, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've come to really like that one a little more and more as time goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's not in my top uh, albums of theirs, but I've still think it's a work of art as, I mean, yeah. just, as, as a fan of theirs, it's just, they can't really go wrong. So um, but what what is it about um, Switchfoot that's made you uh, such a fan over the years? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I started listening to them uh, shortly after Legend of Chin was out. Um, my brother used to work at a Christian bookstore, and I think he brought the demo home. And I listened to it. I, I think I think I actually saw the Chem Six A music video first, and I liked it. It was one of those things where, like, the more they played it, the more I was like, oh, I think I like this song. And I listened to the album and I'm like, wow, the rest of the album is so different. But I, it, I, it grew on me and I really connected with the songs like Don't Be There and um, mm-hmm. 
uh, basically the sad ones. <laughs> um, Might have been her, you know, stuff like that. Like I was a teenager in high school, so it really like spoke volume. I could totally connect with that. Um, and then after that, it was just one of those things where like, okay, in 99, when New Way Be Human came out, I was in college. So I, I really liked that record. Learning to Breathe, I remember getting a pre-release for that and just being like, oh my gosh, like the song Learning to Breathe just lyrically was everything it just it just i just connected it hugely and i remember um because i had it early i remember i made like a learning to breathe aol and some messenger handle before anyone else could because i just wanted to make sure i had it you know and uh um and i remember i think i took it to a music festival that summer to get signed by the band and i didn't get to meet them but I had it in my pocket and I remember it broke, like the CD snapped in half or something. And I had to like beg the label to send me another one. <laughs> I'm like, it broke, please send me another one. Um, and that was probably before I was like ripping all the, you know, CDs to my computer to listen to an MP3. Yeah. So I was like totally up a creek without a paddle. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, then Meant to Live came out and I remember seeing them play. The first time I heard Meant to Live was at like a creation festival. And I think they were on like the fringe stage, which is their little rock stage. And I can't remember what year it was, but it was before uh, Beautiful Letdown came out and they played it. And I remember just thinking like, it's about time they just did like a really edgy guitar driven, like heavy song. I mean, they had like, you already take me there. It was already kind of edgy, but like, Mm -hmm. this was just like in your face rock. And I'm like, finally, (laughs) finally they're doing this. And I loved it. Um, But to try to make a long story slightly less long, Basically, I feel like they have been a band I've enjoyed for every important stage of my life. And they're, and they're still around. So whether it was high school and heartbreak to college and, you know, moving on from like, you know, high school to college and then, you know, getting engaged and then getting married and then and even like having our first child and we only have one child, but still like having a child and like all these different periods in, our, in my life and then like their music and their like I've always enjoyed their music and then John Foreman's lyrics have just I've just always resonated you know they've always read, resonated with me and um I don't know I mean I don't love every song I mean oh gravity is probably like at the bottom of my list of of albums of theirs there's a couple songs in there I really like but I remember like it just didn't you know it was just a, such a weird album so it's not that I'm like um one of those fans that will just like anything a band will do. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, they're uh, probably more forgiving um, artistically or whatever. I mean, I just really love them live, really love their recorded music, um, the lyrics, and um, and they're just awesome guys too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're just, I mean, last time I, I did get a chance to meet them in person, I tried the best I could to verbalize the fact that they've been there, you know, through all these important stages of my life and and they're still there and it's it's great and honestly i can't say that about too many bands i mean there's still albums from bands that have passed on that i listen to but it's different because it's not like they're still making music i mean i can't think of there is no other band that i can think of that has been around that long um the closest one would probably be like well solo artists i guess would be Stephen chris chapman and then like jars of clay but they're kind of not even super active but every time they kind of pop up again it's like hey it's jars you know like they've been around even longer than switch but um and same same thing as far as like big you know like they've been there throughout my whole 
like the formative years, I guess you could say. That's, yeah, and Stephen me. Curtis's uh, kids are, you know, kind of like the next Switchfoot oh coming up here. And, yeah. And it's pretty wild. But yeah, Switchfoot's longevity just like, you know, almost the same year as, as the website. I mean, it's pretty cool just to, yeah. to consider all those years. And, and since they have been such a soundtrack to so many people's lives through so much of their life, we just have to convince them to never quit. I mean, they just got to keep going. I know, going. right? <laughs> and you know what? Now, now that you mentioned that, because since it was 96 and then, you know, Switch what kind of like sprung out in 97. I I used to love Skillet. But what's funny is I feel like, you know, like I haven't really grown with them. Like they just kind of stayed trying to focus on like the younger generation maybe. Mm-hmm. where I, So I've kind of like outgrown Maybe personally like where they're at maybe like lyrically and even musically mm-hmm. whereas switchfoot i really feel like i've kind of grown with them or whatever like they've you know they've been on a journey and i've always connected with where they're at for the most part at least yeah. even if it, we drift apart a little bit you know like it comes back at some point so i you know i can't say that about every band you know and, and i yeah. think there's something really special there when you can say that about a band yeah i remember john talking about uh how he's always writing what's on the top of his mind but the things that Mm -hmm. are on top of his mind change as he grows and matures and and so that's pretty cool way to to look at it um one time when you interviewed john on the site you had said in that interview that vice versus a song that uh still gives you chills every time you listen to it that's a song (laughs) we're we're diving into today all these years later does it still impact you like that yeah, pretty much. I mean, I uh, I was just in the car before our, our talk, and I'm like, I better just pop it on and see if I can generate some thoughts. And there's just so much about it I like. And I'm like, why? Because I know you're probably going to ask, like, why do I like it so much? <laughs> and there's just so much about it. Like, there, it just has all these little ingredients that kind of put them together. And it's just like, I, I love this song. I mean, I think there's many times that we like something and we don't really think about why we like it. We just really like it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not too often that that we need to sit down and dissect why we like something. You know, um, I couldn't necessarily tell you why I love the first Ghostbusters movie so much, um, but I'm sure most of it has to do with the nostalgia of growing up with it as a kid, mm-hmm. and the fact that now that I'm an adult, it still it still works for me, kind of thing. So it's like. You know, when we're really passionate about something, when we really like something, you know, I don't think, you know, we don't really question it. We just do, you know. So it's yeah. interesting to kind of sit down and be like, okay, why do I like this? You know? Yeah. And I also saw in that same interview, um, you asked John the difference between like solo stuff versus writing for Switchfoot. And he responded mm-hmm. to you, which I remember years ago reading this, uh, reading this interview. He said that, you know, the big difference is that Tim kind of gets the final say over which song is the Switchfoot song. <laughs> And he said, like Vice Versus, for example, I thought that it was a solo song. And Tim is like, no, 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 that's a Switchfoot song for sure. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. And so I'm thankful Tim said that because even though I, of Me course, love all, all of John's solo stuff too, I agree yeah. with Tim. This was definitely a Switchfoot song. I'm, I'm very glad it made the cut. And I, yeah, me too, very much. Because like, I, I love, I mean, I really like his solo stuff, but there is something about this song that even though it's mostly just John and the guitar, mostly, mm-hmm. it still feels like it it's a band effort somehow. Like it feels like a Switchfoot song. Whereas yeah. 
John's solo songs, I don't know if I've ever heard one where I'm like, oh, this totally sounds like Switchfoot. It sounds more like uh, his kind of thing. And, and maybe it's just a psychological thing that I, you know, it's on a Switchfoot record. So you just automatically accept the fact that this is Switchfoot. Yeah. I have no idea. So I could be way off. But like, um, yeah, it, to me, it, it does feel like, I don't know, maybe also because uh, Where We Belong comes afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this perfect little one-two punch of intimacy and, and um, uh, what's the word, like poignancy. Like it's just really deep, meaty stuff that sounds good too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to argue with how that, that whole album ends. That's just phenomenal I how know. they do that. Um, you know, lyrically, this one's way up there for me. I think that entire album... I wouldn't say the entire album, but I moments of like, you know, restless and then oh, vice yeah. versus and then where I belong. Mm-hmm. I mean, just incredible stuff. Um, you go to the bridge of this song, you know, where's God in the earthquake? Where's God in the genocide? Mm. Um, it says everything seems to fall apart, but also comes back to saying like, you know, tell me that you're there. Um, and then and then comes back to the course again of I know there's a meaning to it all. A little resurrection yeah. every time I fall. Um, you know, I've talked on the show before, but John has a way of kind of being like a modern day psalmist to me, mm-hmm. like questioning, like it's okay to question, you know, where God is and why there's so much brokenness while also coming back to the idea that like, I know there's a meaning, I know there's a meaning to it all. Right. I, I believe God is still there, even when I don't understand everything. But those are some of my, I mean, I could say the whole song, but some of my favorite. Yeah, lyrics, I know. Um, Same here. And I think, I think there's there's a huge difference between questioning and giving up and questioning yeah. and accepting or at least wrestling but not being like not not resting in the fact that there's that um questioning or like you know like a oh god i don't understand this but i'm going to trust you kind of thing you know and to me that song is very like you know i totally relate to i mean i'm not i i never to say I relate to the line like uh, about being a nice guy or something like that is not, I'm not trying to sound like I, I know I'm the nicest guy, but what I mean is like, I can relate to that because I've been taken advantage of for being tried, trying to be nicer to people or something like that. So I know what that's like to, you know, I resonate with that. I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And then like the whole thing where you're, where he says like, um, you know, the, the where where are you in the city light city life? And then like, uh, where's you know God? Um, um, I have the I should have the lyrics in front of me, but just basically questioning where he is. Like in my broken heart, I mean that the whole line, like, where are you in my broken heart when everything mm-hmm. falls apart? Tell me that you're there, like that. I that just I just connect with that huge hugely. Yeah. And um, but I you know I I feel like there's a a lot of despair but there's also there's the hope and then especially you know it's like it's like part one where you know it's it's like the empire strikes back is this song and then return the jedi is is where where i belong meaning like there's that there's the end of like it's darker and sadder but then there's the um redeeming the redemption of the second part in that song like i don't think the album would be as good if it didn't have where I belong after vice versa. And same yeah. thing for the song. Like I think the two of them together makes each of them better songs. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. That's just how I guess I process it in my head. Yeah. 
which uh, you know, I was thinking too of, you know, his most recent solo album with like, Jesus, I have my doubts, but then he also has these other mm-hmm. like worshipful type tunes and like, it just all fits. It all connects. Yeah. And it doesn't um, seem, it doesn't seem disrespectful. I don't think, you know, like the way he does, it sounds like someone who is, he has got questions, but he's not going to give up. He's just saying, you know, I don't understand this and I want to understand this mm-hmm. and I want to trust you. And I do, but I still have those days where I don't get it. And that can yeah. be hard to, you know, wrestle with or whatever. I also remember from 2011, I remember they put something out on Twitter at that time um, where people would, like fans would say like my vice versus, they would hashtag it mm. and they would tell mm-hmm. stories. So I went oh, back wow. and, and tried to find some good ones. I mean, there's a lot that's kind of, that gets lost as you're trying to look for stuff from, from such a long time ago. But um, some of these, it just kind of takes you down memory lane and <laughs> tweets from the past, you know, like 11 years ago, oh, here's what some, some of their fans were saying. Um, Stephanie said, my vice versus is forgiveness. It mends a broken heart and teaches the value of trust. It keeps me sane. Um, there was a guy named Rob that said, my vice versus is dreaming of being where I want to be while attempting to be content with where I am. Right. Gabe says, my vice versus is knowing I have a purpose on this earth and that I must leave a great legacy for those after me. Um, Ian said, my vice versus is the reconciliation and restoration of a broken world. All things made new. Um, so many good ones. There is, let's see, Joel says, my vice versus is the joy of knowing I beat epilepsy and it did not beat me. Wow. And Clint said, my vice versus is seeing color in a black and white world. Mm-hmm. So good stuff there. I mean, that just kind of shows the the range um, of how, you know, like such a connection like this song can have with people. Oh, yeah. And so um, I think the one I should have gone back and looked at mine, but I'm pretty sure I said something like um, trying to be patient, even though you live in a world or something like, you know, it's hard to be patient when you know how short life is, Mm. but that's, that's like a fruit of the spirit. Like I'm called to be patient, but I know life is also (laughs) short. So, (laughs) so it's probably a a season of my life when I was like, Hey, when am I going to get married? When am I going to get a job? I want what, you know, kind of one of those right. that, that was my vice versus at the time but um awesome. don't know if you can think on, on the spot i mean that's obviously like a mm. wide range like what even is my my vice versus but does anything come to mind as far as like either currently or things you've kind of gone through in life of that may fit into that a little bit it's mm. a good question i mean even if I look at it, you know, taking care of JFH for 26 years, there's a, been so much give and take. There's the blessing and the curses, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, whether it's um, the sacrifice of spending so much time devoted to it, or, you know, whether it's just the, the daily grind of it, or, you know, devoting your time to help someone else, whether it's an artist or whatever, get exposure or, you know, writing people with questions or, you know, whatever, like, I mean, I don't know if that's a, a good answer or not, but I definitely have felt that too over the years, you know, like, um, you know, like if I'm spending the time doing this, it's taking away from something else that I could be spending mm-hmm. time on. So yeah. that, that definitely is um, a regular struggle even now. Yeah. That is always tough. I was, actually thinking about that just today and i was listening to like colton dixon on a different podcast mm. and how he how the the struggle of that um saying yes to any show saying no to 
family time and it's just like mm. it's it's tough um all the different things i'm involved in just that kind of constant struggle that i guess yeah that's a good example of, of some vice versa as well um yeah. any other uh switchfoot memories for you like concert moments other you know other times you spent with the guys interview anything jump out at you from that time oh, oh gosh um i'll never forget <laughs> i went to see them in philly and um they and I had an interview with the guys, and we we waited outside for a while. I can't. I think it was me and a friend or my wife. I can't remember. I've been to so many shows; it's hard to always remember who was with you at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, we waited outside, and it was freezing cold. So it was probably like November, or October, or something. And in, in late, usually at night, it can get super super cold. Um, and by the time I got inside, I was kind of frazzled and definitely nervous. I mean, I could do you know, dozens of interviews and I still get nervous pretty much every single time. But, and, and because I was such a big fan of the guys, you know, that I, I just get nervous about that too. Um, so I ended up doing this whole interview with, I think it was, I think it was Tim and True and I don't remember if all the guys were there or it was just a couple of them. And um, I put the microphone into the headphones, so none of the interview got recorded. Oh. <laughs> and I, I was so upset; I couldn't believe it. So, I told uh, management or PR, whoever it was that helped um, get the interview back then, and they, um, I think they had me do a phoner with Chad to make up for it, or something like that, which was cool. I mean, I love Chad. But I just felt so dumb. Like I had this interview and I thought it was actually pretty good too. And uh, all of it was gone. It was horrible. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're, they're always cool to me and they're always nice. And um, I love the after shows that John would do, you know, whether mm-hmm. it was, you know, finding a quiet spot somewhere. And, and he's, he's, like these days, he usually has like such a mass crowd that follows him around after the show that like, you know, depending on where you are, the one time it was in Philly and they were getting, I think like the police were coming by because they were afraid it was going to be a flash mob or something like that. <laughs> and, and another time, I think it was um, uh, near a beach. So it was, it was on a, on like a, a boardwalk. That was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, but yeah, those are always super memorable moments. Yeah. Always one of my greatest fears is, is not getting something recorded. So, oh um, gosh, dude, it's hor- It was horrible. I ended up putting um, electrical tape over the headphone jack. So the only <laughs> the only opening on the recorder is the microphone jack. <laughs> so I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> I guess I should probably press record for for this one. Um, yeah. Once you want to get, get started. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's funny horrible at the same time <laughs> good stuff i appreciate you jumping on um absolutely i uh i want to encourage everybody to follow you on, on instagram if nothing else for the incredible art literally um, oh thanks man you've got a amazing art whether it's uh the office or stranger things or um, different artists that you've worked with and so um yeah where other than the site jesusfreakhideout.com where can people find you and your your art and everything else that you're up to Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, um, I'm at um, John DiBiase, which is J-O-H-N-D-I-B-I-A-S-E um, on Instagram. 
and um, I think Facebook is John DiBiase Art at the end of it. Um, and then yeah, there's the Jesus Freak Hideout stuff. Like um, on Instagram, I think we're Jesus Freak Hideout, but at Twitter with their with their crazy like limits on stuff, I think we're J Freak Hideout or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah we're everywhere. I mean, we've been around so so darn long, but yeah, we're everywhere. Um, but thanks. Yeah, I it was funny. Another switchfoot memory is I did do. I took photos um, of the band at I think Uprise Festival years ago in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, and um, I ended up drawing John from one of my photos, which was a great feeling because if I want to draw anything pop culture, I, I need a photograph that technically someone else took. But in this case, I was able to draw from a photograph that I took, so it was like whole, like completely my my own artwork, which was fun, and. Um, I I brought a copy of it to a show to have him sign and and he he was really nice and wrote a little like compliment on it and then after that I was kind of like why didn't I just have him sign the actual drawing I've gotten in the habit in more in more recent years like getting the actual artwork signed because it mm-hmm. just looks really cool to me and um so I took it to a show and had him and the whole band sign it which was cool um, and they were really sweet about it and I think Drew took video and posted it on his um, uh, what do you call it? Instagram stories or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was so excited. I ended up like screen recording it and stuff and, <laughs> and saving it. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just, they're such cool guys. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun when that, that kind of like side passion can also collide with another passion like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your, your heroes and stuff like that. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah, once again, thank you so much for taking sure, the time man. and uh, thank you. keep keep up the amazing work. Um, Thanks, you know, as a uh, Switchfoot's been the soundtrack, you know, your site has been a go-to place for for uh, so much of my discovering new artists and you know the reviews awesome. and the podcasts and all that. So appreciate the work that you've done and looking forward for uh, for the world to hear our chat. So thank you very awesome. much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. After this podcast, make sure to check out Tyler's book, Searching for Seven, The Journey of Seeking God Seven Days a Week. It is filled with stories in scripture. It's an easy read with short chapters, but it's also thought-provoking and encouraging at the same time. The book takes readers on a journey, helping us search for God and for our faith, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or head to the book's website, searchingforseven.com. I wrote that song, actually, yes, quite a while before the Japanese earthquake. Um, Actually, when we were finishing up Hello Hurricane was when I wrote that song. Mm. And the first line of the song is walking along the high tide line. And that's where the song began. The high tide line um, is the in the morning you can tell where the ocean leaves its mark from the night before. Right. Um, and and it washes up all the debris from the night before. And so that's where the song begins. Is kind of looking through the things that people didn't want, the trash from boats and beachgoers that they left behind for the Pacific to have its way with, you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I felt it was a, 
was a good place to start a song that's looking for meaning. Yeah, so that there wasn't one specific earthquake or one specific disaster in my life that inspired that song, but it was written out of, I think, a definite moment of of frailty where you're looking for purpose and and hoping to find it.